Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hi everyone, um, hope everyone is well. Welcome to another episode of Enlightened Conversations with myself, Jag Sandu. Um, today I am going to be going live with Simran Gole. Um, she is an artist and a spiritual mentor, so I'm going to wait. Um, so before Simran joins, Simran is an artist and a spiritual mentor, and she focuses on helping women their sole purpose um, and to go forth and help others as well um, and so that they can live their life to the fullest as well and heal along the way. Hi Simran. Hey. Can you hear me? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So it's finally great to get you on screen. I'm just going to share the uh, post and everything. I think we've got people joining and everything. So, yeah. Awesome. How have you been? I've been great. So many amazing, magical things have been happening lately. Uh So I'm just trying to not burst into flame (laughs) from (laughs) the excitement of it all. So what's been happening? Obviously, we've We've crossed paths just recently, mm-hmm. and I know that you have been on the spiritual journey for quite some time, mm-hmm. and you've had your trials and tribulations, and I know that we spoke briefly, and you, did you stay in an ashram? No, was it, you didn't stay in an ashram, did you? You stayed mm-hmm. For uh, a little bit. You stayed in um, How yeah, did you... Was- how did you end up in the ashram? Okay, so it's kind of a long, long story short. Um, about 2013, beginning of 2013, um, I was coming at the, towards the end of a really um, successful career as a professional makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And just unfortunately, with um, an unfortunate turn of events, um, I live in this, I live in southern United States. So um, I was unfairly convicted of a theft-related crime, and okay. um, unfortunately, but also fortunately, while it was unfortunate that I was still found guilty of the um, crime, I, the jail sentence was waived, but it was still on my record. So um, I was at this big crossroads because while makeup artistry was something I was extremely good at, and I was at the um verge of my career really taking off with that um I felt this inner call to really connect with spirit I was still I was very much deep into a spiritual practice Mm -hmm. and just the turmoil of that loss and just the what am I going to do um now like how am I going to make a living what am I going to do with my life basically I just had this um life crisis in a sense and so um about three hours north there's a um 
Hare Krishna um, ashram. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to go there and spend time with them. And I had always been... I had always been drawn to like Eastern philosophy mm -hmm. in general and yoga and I didn't I didn't know much about it. And so I went there and spent time um, there and that's where I really learned um, meditation and yoga and um, had a long practice of waking up at 4 a.m. to do <laughs> like ceremony like yeah. RT, um and um, and chanting <laughs> and kirtan and and all of that and um then um shortly after um i didn't do the full like initiation i didn't um become a full initiate but that's actually how i got the name um simran which i then decided to legally change my name to and then i came back home um to virginia beach um a little after that because i felt the call to come back and basically live in the real world <laughs> um and be around real people to um do my um to not just do my spiritual practice, but to do the work that I felt called to do. So, um, um, which actually, um, which actually before then I had a short stint in Scientology actually before I also came back. So I went from, so it's been really interesting, just my, my you, early spiritual practice. So you've gone from Scientology to Hare Ram Hare Krishna. <laughs> yeah, I went to Hari Nam, Hari Krishna, Hari Nam, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, so a little bit of Scientology. I didn't really like get deep into it, but then um, there's actually like circumstances that I'm actually not legally allowed to talk about with yeah. that, but we'll just leave it there. Um, yeah. That's like the deep, that's how deep it goes. And then um, yeah. I came back to Virginia Beach and yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting, <laughs> really wild. So I, I love the name Simran because obviously, as you know, the name Simran is like prayer or mm -hmm. name of God. So it's a beautiful name. So obviously, what made did they name you Simran, or did they, or did mm -hmm. you choose? Um. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I was given because I was um because at the end, like especially um one of my mentors, um because during um the artsy ceremony at 4 30 in the morning i was just really especially when i first got there i was very deep into just the chanting and just mm -hmm. how it made me feel because i was just in this state of just disarray and desperation mm -hmm. so i just said you know what like i was just really deep into it and so um four months into it we were talking about like repetition of the holy names and like yes like you embody like simran and i said you know what that sounds so um so aligned and i mm. just really embraced that and then that's how it led to me actually um making it my legal name so but that's beautiful because so it's like you've reinvented yourself just you've, you found mm -hmm. yourself you reinvented yourself mm -hmm. on yeah level but when you came back um from the ashram into real life was it difficult to adjust how did you find it um did people perceive you differently because obviously as you said you were a makeup artist who then kind of went into an ashram and then you've come back to the real world so did people find a lot of difference in you how did they react? Well, fortunately for me, um, 
I had I had started dabbling in um, like just new age spirituality um, s since about 2009 2010. So mm -hmm. when I was when I was in my makeup career, um, my nickname was actually Oprah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Because I was constantly the, like, motivational, they called me, like, the motivational speaker, and I always had, like, crystals in the back of my makeup brush belt that I would wear. Um, so, so even, like, my former coworkers, they would always um, ask me, you know, about spiritual advice, like, oh, how do I get into crystals? How do I get into meditation? Like, how do I, because you always seem so, like, zen, especially in hectic, um, in, like, hectic work days, just dealing with um, people and the the um, hustle and bustle of retail and the madness yeah. and the beast that it is. Um, mm -hmm. So when I came back, um, people, I was received right uh, the same. No one really thought I was weird because I was already known as the spiritual person of my, um, my group of friends and things like mm -hmm. that. But um, the, it was really different as far as how I felt in my interaction with life because I actually found that um, ashram life just just wasn't for me. Just the concept of just like living in a community, wearing a sari every day, um, eating vegetarian food, and having to get up at four o'clock in the morning and doing um, having a very regimented practice wasn't mm -hmm. for me. I had a lot of respect for it, and it gave me a lot. I'm grateful for it in the sense that it gave me a lot of discipline that I otherwise wouldn't have had um, to be consistent in my spiritual practice because it was very much um, I would I would just dabble in a little in a little bit of everything all the time, but I didn't really have a lot of growth because I didn't really stick to um, mm -hmm. stick to something long enough. But that allowed me to stick to have some discipline to really get to know who I was and to have a connection with the divine and to really. Yeah build my muscles for being able to build my spiritual listening ears yeah um in that sense so so coming back with that i had a better a more well-rounded practice and it it's was easier for me to have a more um broader idea of what the realm of possibility would be for me that my life wasn't just contingent on being able to have a job that my my life wasn't, my life didn't begin and end with the fact that I almost went to jail and I have a theft-related crime that makes me an inhirable person that I'm just going to suffer and die for the rest of my life, you know? It just, mm -hmm. That's just the, the rationale that my mind was in at that point. And so, um, so coming back, it was just more of, okay, what, what does life, what, what does life have to have for me now? How can I serve? Because it's mm -hmm. so, because the, um, ashram was so much about service and service unto others so i had that service mindset and so it i can't i honestly can't remember how it happened exactly but it just came up into my mind of you know well already i i already help people and answer people my friends questions with their spiritual journey why not turn this into something that i do you know of just yeah. of creating a actual professional practice of helping people do the things that I do because um in my early spiritual practice um my earliest mentors were um Native American and um um one of my mentors she's like a she's like a mother to me I call her Mama D because her name is um Darlene um mm -hmm. 
um, also a stone woman. And one of the first things she ever told me when I met her was, you are a way shower. You are my way shower child. And I'm thinking, okay, what does this way shower word mean? And come to find out it was um, people who, who show others the way to their spiritual practice, to their spiritual life. And I fought it for years. I fought it and fought it and fought it for years and come to find out as I piece things together that my my conviction was actually the universe's way of of pushing me into the role of the way shower because mm -hmm. my makeup artist um my makeup artist career was actually a distraction and I was clinging on to it so tightly that yeah. in order for me to see what my path was the, it had to be taken out of the equation and unfortunately because at that time I was so attached to learning my lessons the hard way it resulted yeah. in me almost going to jail so um so piecing that together it was like oh okay so this was this was in the cards for me all along and so yeah. then that progressed into me um doing intuitive readings doing um some consultation and then as I really got into um understanding my soul heritage and honing my channeling abilities it turned mm -hmm. into um what you see today which turned into get real with your soul.com and the soul activation intensives and yeah. and all of that work but when like you mentioned that obviously the um mama d want adopted you and said your name was going to be shower of the what sorry what was it again the way sh a way shower the, she said that, that, that i'm a way shower yeah you're, you're the way shower but mm -hmm. then you said obviously there was that res resistance that reluctance to leave mm -hmm. your your life of what you've known but what right. do you think why do you think you were clinging on to um the old way so to speak because obviously we all know that if we resist too much the universe does like oh the universe spirit whatever you want to call it, has mm -hmm. its way of intervening to get us on the right path because at that time, I had it in my head because at that time in my life, I was probably only like 19, 20 years old at the time. So I was still really young. And so yeah. I had it in my mind that um, that if you didn't work for a company or if you didn't like have a way to actually be able to see how you were going to um, do the work or actually um, if you couldn't have it like clearly mapped out in front of you that it wasn't it wasn't irrational and that you just couldn't you couldn't do it I just had it made up in my mind and it's like I can't perceivably see myself being in a position to show people the way like who am I and I had in doing work in that I had a lot of baggage from my Christian upbringing because I was very much involved in my church. I mean, when I was in high school, I used to carry a Bible this thick to my school because I thought I was going to win my school to Jesus Christ. Like, so that was like my mission when I was younger. And that was very, mm. um, but I was a very progressive Christian at the same time. So, mm -hmm. so I had a lot of baggage with wanting to help people and motivate people but when it came time to actually to to withhold love from people to especially with the, the LGBT community and that that's when I was very outspoken and spoke out against that, that actually no that's not what we should be doing that's actually not what what 
Christ called us to do. And so that I caught a lot of I caught a lot of pushback, a lot of resistance and a lot and it resulted in me being ostracized from my church community. So I had a very early experience of um, if you speak your truth, um, if you speak your truth, bad things are going to happen to you. Or if you put yourself out there and put yourself in front of people, bad things are going to happen because the um, church that I went to, the youth group that we had, I mean, we had over um, six to 800 kids. So it was a very large scale thing. It wasn't just like a small like youth group like I was a part of really big like organizations at a really young age and actually would get on stage and like preach to youth so I was used to at a really young age already having experience being on a really large platform um and like like going out on missions trips and like preaching in like Mexico or preaching in like Zambia and things like that so so this idea of oh you're gonna like be a way shower and that's actually like part of your life path and you're actually called to do this it's that mm-hmm. you know oh that means danger that means that I'm putting myself in harm's way and that I'm going to be hurt I didn't associate it with that but then after doing some digging and um and really evaluating where that resistance came from that's really um what came up for me there's just this wound of um of um, being rejected and being told that you're wrong and, yeah um mm-hmm. okay so, so like that was- growing up the slightest thing or the slightest comment can hurt you really deep but you just mm-hmm. then pressing comments like that and it niggles away at you over time which then mm-hmm. kind of your self-doubts and yourself your insecurities as you get older but then it's mm-hmm. about doing that inner work and peeling away the layers so that the real exactly come out but obviously that's the continuous work in progress for everyone I mean, right, even, right. even with the work that you're doing now and you've done tremendously well in the last two years um mm-hmm. do you still come across those moments of self-doubt those insecurities or are you still or would you say you've healed from that wound I would say it's both like I've healed from it but I feel like I'm always going to revisit that as I continue to up-level because very recently I've been revisiting it more so because I've always had this this fear of, oh, I can't be exposed to too many people because I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get bashed, I'm going to get haters. And just within mm. the past, within the past year specifically, as I've really been committing to just showing up for myself, showing up for yeah. my practice, showing up for my, my message and just letting the creations that I have go out there um especially with speaking my truth because I'm very much a um I'm very much a tell it like it is person I'm not very um fluffy I've never been just the fluffy area very love and light and so as I've become very outspoken about um about the overlap of spirituality particularly in the realm of social justice issues and that intersection um, I've been met with a lot of pushback, a lot of loss of um, connections and friends and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've revisited that trigger a whole lot. But the difference is that while it, I still had those moments where I wanted to withdraw and fear and it's like, oh, it's not worth it. Oh, it's, it's not worth it. You know, like people are going to think this, people are going to think that at the same time, I have a whole nother level of confidence in me now where it's like, 
okay, I acknowledge that I see it for what it is, but at the end of the day, they don't matter because they're not they're not the people that I'm aligned to connect with mm -hmm. and who are connected to my message. And I need to focus on the people that are. And so just I've learned to talk myself through it and how to work through it um, in that process. But I, I believe that I'm still going to work through that. I still, I still have dug deeper and uncovered a lot of things, um, especially with um, resentment behind what it means to me to be famous and that word famous because mm -hmm. um because I've had a lot of, I have, you know, friends of mine who are very, very amazing writers, amazing authors, have really excellent platforms and are um, really great just spiritual mentors who've said, you know, like, I see you going in this direction and doing these great things. And then it, I, then I feel this visceral gut reaction of like, ew, like, no, I don't want to be that. And it's like, I've associated that, oh, if you, if a lot of people know who you are, because that's really all that that is, the F word, the famous word, which I still yeah. have issues with it, but it's just, if a lot of people know who you are and you're getting your message to more people, oh, that means you're going to forget, like, where you came from or you're going to become a jerk or, so that was a new revelation that I came up with. And so trying to recalibrate that so I can still continue to show up and not associate yeah. that. No, I I can completely relate with you on that. Oh, mm -hmm. we've got a few people saying hi. We've got that window. Hello. Hi. Andy. And I think there was Desmond as well earlier. So hi, guys. And also Lynn and stuff. So but I also, when we spoke previously, you also said to me, you actually have followed the works um, of one of the first famous documented medium psychics um mm -hmm. edgar Stacey. is that how you pronounce his surname um say that again i said you said that you follow the work of edgar say is it Stacey or casey Ed oh edgar, edgar casey yeah <laughs> how did you get into that because i know you work for the um organization which is mm -hmm. named after the association for research and enlightenment so how did you get involved mm -hmm. in that is it is that something that you've just joined recently or was that mm -hmm. something that you were involved in before as well um before as well that i actually well it's interesting because um i'm from virginia beach virginia so um edgar casey in the um the um early 20th century um that's where he was led to do his work, where he has um, about twenty about twenty four thousand documented psychic readings on health. Um, um, he accessed the Akashic records, um, but most of his readings were on health. He did things on Egypt, Atlantis, um, various different ancient civilizations, and um, I had been a, a avid visitor of the center for a while because they have a they have the largest metaphysical library um in north america so they have a open a library open to the public you can go and do research specifically on metaphysical topics as well as yeah. bookstore meta and things like that and shortly after my career ended shortly after my career ended with makeup um a really close friend of mine um and I came back to the area, she sent me this email for a job opening. And okay. I was thinking, like, oh, I'm not going to get that job. Like, I was still stuck in the story of I can't pass a background check. Like, oh, like, I have a criminal record now. Like, I can't, I can't get a job. Like, I just had, was in that story. And 
um went in for the job interview told them my situation and they're like okay we like you we're still gonna hire you basically like Bring and it. so yeah and so because I figured that would be the perfect place for me because they have a massage therapy school and I was thinking about going there to learn body work they have one of the best um, massage therapy schools out there um and people travel all over the world to attend the school and I figured okay I'll just um get the admissions information and then she sent me the um job opening and I applied for the job and um worked there for about a year and then um enrolled into the Casey Riley Massage School and um graduated May of last year um from there but um since I've been there for about four years now so it's opened up a whole new avenue and Mm -hmm. also and also I suppose you've learned a lot by working there as well being exposed mm-hmm, absolutely to things as well so do they teach other things there as well apart from the massage uh yes they have a um graduate school um for those who have um if you already have a bachelor's degree for um atlantic university where they um have a program for transpersonal psychology um I know that they do have a few other certificate programs as well for um, spiritual mentorship. They just started teaching life coaching as well. So they have an annual life coaching certification as well as um, hypnotherapy for learning how to do past life regression and um, advanced hypnotherapy techniques and also um, meditation mentorship as well. So how does it feel when like working in such a institute because obviously it's quite is it well as it as it's world renowned and obviously it's mm-hmm. given you exposure and it's helped you on your spiritual journey as well so how has how Absolutely. did it you actually started work there I mean obviously I know you visited the center before but how did it make you feel mm-hmm. when you actually um started work there you stepped into the place on your first day. Yeah, so it was incredibly nurturing just because at that point my my work life and my life as a as a spiritual mentor, it was all in spirit, spirituality and health. And so um not only just being around coworkers that are like-minded, um just having access to the resources as well um and then just my favorite part about it even to this day is just the people that come to visit and meeting um hundreds hundreds if if not thousands of people um every every day who are coming to visit for classes for our um weekend conferences for the different seminars and just making a lot of the connections that I've made and some of the some of the best friendships that I have in my life have just been from being on staff there and meeting incredible, just incredible people, whether they're just spiritual seekers or they're other practitioners um, or even like authors and speakers who have become just wonderful, wonderful um, friends and mentors and people that I'm just so blessed to have in my life and it's also right across the beach right across the street from the beach which is also a plus as the weather is getting warmer so just being in this um very healing environment for me um is incredible and not to mention i'm also a book junkie so having access to a bookstore and a library all the time that's all in metaphysics metaphysics is incredible that sounds Um, great especially yes being in that kind of environment 
where you're with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. You don't feel weird. I suppose if you were in your... Mm-hmm. Being in high school, did you ever feel like you were different from the others? Oh, absolutely. 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 They actually... It's so funny you mentioned that because... Um, in high school, they actually made up, because um, I know in the U.S. we have what's called senior superlatives, where people get voted, you know, like, best dress and, um, like, best eyes or whatever. They actually made yeah. one up. They made one up for me, <laughs> where <laughs> they, they actually created one for me that was um, most likely to start their own religion. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they actually created one for me that was um, most likely to create their own religion. So, yeah. So, yeah, I definitely... Crazy crazy things. Yeah. You're also also an artist. So Mm -hmm. do you write music, paint? What do you do? Or do you do a mixture? I do a mixture of a lot of things. Um... It's actually funny because up in up in when I was in high school, I've just I've had my hands in a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really into graphic design. That's originally what I went to college for. So I was um, heavy into graphic design. But actually, up until January of this year, I got back into painting because I had received this. Um, I guess you could call it a gift, but. Um, called Galactic Light Language, where I started writing these um, symbols that had these profound um, energy frequencies that I could feel coming off of the paper. So I have um, different paintings that I'm working on now with these different symbols and um, characters on them, with different healing um, intentions on them. So I draw those a lot. Um, I have a journal just for myself that I draw them out with and then... um, whole bunch of canvases actually right in this corner I have like 10 canvases that still need to be worked on that are just like popped in the corner and like my space has just become overrun with um canvases and like drawing papers but um there's that I've always been into like interpretive dance and movement which I don't show a lot and on social media but I do a lot of just like free movement and um things like that um so just really lots of different forms of art but as far as um Primarily, my art is in um, acrylics and drawing. Obviously, you're a very versatile person. Obviously, you've done... Obviously, you just mentioned you wanted to do graphic design, then you went into makeup, Mm -hmm. and now you're doing the whole spiritual stuff, you're into metaphysical stuff, Eastern philosophies and everything. But it's like, if someone was to actually ask you to describe yourself or say, what, what is Simran all about? How would you describe yourself? How would I describe myself? Mm. That is so interesting. That's always, it's so funny because I always hate questions like that because it's like, I can't. <laughs> I you it's like. <laughs> Change it. Let's change it. Let's change it. I know, it's always like, because it's like, how do I do that? <laughs> Where do you, I mean, obviously, you, you work with the, you, you're doing a lot of different things. Okay. So are you kind of putting different parts of whatever you've learned 
into your practice like obviously you work in one-on-one with people you're um also doing group stuff with people mm-hmm. as, okay but do people have a lot of questions around themselves like so for example um if someone needed clarity and I, I mean some people there's not I, I just find that a lot of people recently I don't know if you found this there's a lot of issues around self-love about their oh, own yeah. identity okay how would you explain about self-love to somebody for example mm, definitely because because for me the number one thing because that's that's actually really interesting because my the number one thing that I always tell everyone is funny because it's like get real with your soul you know it's um because it's all about truly embodying who you are at a soul level and so when people are having issues especially around self-love um it's it's like what is your truth what is it that you're what is it within you within within you at a soul level that is yearning to be pulled forward what is it that you've been hiding and that you've been holding back and suppressing and what are the reasons behind that like what is it that is begging to be self-expressed because oftentimes when we have unexpressed energy um energy that we've been suppressing that shows up in in sometimes it can be like health like health blocks health issues or even just being inhibited in life not being able to get where we want to go or achieve the goals that we want and so it's really interesting because that's always what I tell people it's like you just need to get real with your soul like what is it that you want like really tap into that realness like what is it that's not being fully embodied and expressed and and where's the fear the fear behind that because it always boils down to fear Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually, and of course, it's always usually a fear of what other people are going to, are going to think fear of rejection because duh, we all want to be accepted. Um, even the things that we were talking about earlier about, um, stepping into the way shower, 90% of that is fear of rejection. Um, and so making the adjustments and, um, doing the evaluation, a lot of what I call like soul archeology. span because so much of the work that I do is centered in the, the galactic being, like what your soul lineage is, your soul group. Um, so diving in and doing that self, um, spiritual soul, soulful archaeology and seeing where that comes from and really getting aligned with your truth and really getting into the practice and the habit and giving yourself permission to really let as much of that um, pull you forward and be what you really are not really be what you really are but because that is what you are but to let that show through um in the most unadulterated way possible um because you can't you can't not love yourself then when you become more and more unapologetically yourself the more um the more self-expressed you are then the more aligned you are and the more aligned you are the more um aligned opportunities show up for you and the more life just works for you so yeah um in a nutshell which wasn't really a nutshell I was like (laughs) I can be really long-winded it's a good explanation because I remember um in the group you were like do you know which 
where you belong. And I was like, I have no idea where, where I belong. So obviously I still need to do that bit of soul searching on the galactical scale. Because obviously there's like, I've never really come across like the whole galactical concept of our soul purpose. Mm. How did you come across that? Did you come across that working at the Institute or how did you find out how, where you belonged and how did you learn about it? That's a good question. So it's a little bit of both. Um, I've always been connected to more of the galactic concepts of spirituality. Um, Mm -hmm. From a young age, Um, I just hadn't made the connection yet because I, um, anyone who's been following me for a long time knows that I am a unapologetic um, sci-fi, like sci-fi fan, sci-fi nerd. I love science fiction. Um, I've always been connected with science fiction and astronomy. Um, and especially in school, that's what I, that was the, the science that I loved to um, study in high school. Uh-huh. And I always was, I was always drawn to the spiritual concept of coming from the stars, being a person of the stars and, um, the whole concept of the universe being described as God was very fascinating for me. And so in the earlier stage of my spirituality, as I was kind of moving out of traditional Christianity, I had come across the theory of star seeds. And so, you know, I'm Google, like Googling it, I'm like, oh, like, what is that? Um, and so this was before, this was pre-2012. So there were a lot of people who were like, oh, 2012, like the star seeds and raising the consciousness of the earth. And it's like, oh, raising the consciousness of the earth. Like, oh, that's up my alley. And so um, as I was Googling and watching like YouTube videos um, and doing all the cute little quizzes of like, are you a star seed? Find out. And like, of course, they all were like, yes, you are. Like, or, oh, you're highly this. And so then that, that led me to um, um, dive deeper and learning more about that. And then as I, as I grew my intuitive abilities and started channeling, um, I started getting messages from the Galactic Council and all these like celestial um, beings and started learning about these different um, planets and other galaxies and other solar <laughs> systems and started working with um, mentors and taking Akashic Record programs as well so that I could um, round it out in a way that I could do it, be a practitioner of that work and yeah. um, just continuing to do that work. And as well as, um, as I dove deeper into the Casey work, he actually talks about in his readings, um, he calls them planetary sojourns and talks about how... Um, souls experienced um living in different planets in our solar system outside of earth and that was very validating to the things that i was experiencing um as well my soul group and my starseed type and my um soul lineage from where i came from and how that correlated so much with who i was Um, and so that was extremely validating, um, with that. And I was going to say something and then I lost it. So hopefully it'll come back. (laughs) You've kind of frozen on my screen. I don't know why, but. Uh Uh-oh. It's all right. We'll just carry on talking. Okay. 
this happens when you go live tech issues always happen but exactly um, no but that's really really interesting because it's almost like it's like you're kind of thinking out of the box and then it it goes to show that there's a lot more out there than what we're aware of and it's all always about continuous learning so how did you get into the um learnings of akashic records was that did that interest come from um the galactic side of things or was that something that you were interested in from before with the akashic records it kind of it's a little different it's a little different for me because i would spontaneously in my sleep because i was already very highly sensitive yeah um would kind of go into them i just didn't know what they were called and then with um edgar casey working with the akashic records i was familiar with it but it didn't it didn't my interest didn't really peak until after um after i started working at the center when i met a girl who did akashic record readings and she talked a lot about soul groups and i had sat down and got a session with her and um just learned so much about a lot of things that I was already, I had already known, but it was still, once again, very validating. And so that's mm-hmm. when, that's when I really said to myself, okay, I can, I really need to dive deeper into this and really learn more about this and really incorporate this into my own practice, and not just like yeah. my professional practice, but my own spiritual practice. And so then that, that led me to, um, in the beginning, it led me to a modality called soul realignment um, mm-hmm. by by a woman named Andrea Hess, who had a very structured um, protocol for how to read Akashic records um, for yeah. people. And yeah. so I mm-hmm, and so I started I started with that, and then um, went my own way Oop, a little, um, and then eventually um, outgrew it in a sense yeah. and um, spanned out from it. So I suppose you kind of adapted it to your own um, way of working, really, with all your other learnings, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So what are you wanting to do? I mean, right, are you actually, like, now speaking? Are you doing, like, speak? are you speaking, to, um, speaking at events now? Or where do you want to take your work in the next year, would you say? <laughs> it's so interesting you say you've said that because so many people have said I see you speaking at events really soon. It's like <gasps> so, but not not yet. Um, um, it's not planned, but I'm not opposed to that being a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have a book on my heart that I want to share. Um, but as far as taking where I want to take my work, um, ultimately my main goal is because I, I find, I find soul lineage and just the whole concept of starseed so important and so helpful for people to know, um, in their own spiritual journey. But the issue is, is that it's so convoluted right now where it just seem it seems so extremely woo woo and out there that it goes over most people's heads. So yeah. my biggest goal right now is to really simplify a lot of these concepts in a way that can be um 
easier to understand, easier for people to learn how to explore for themselves. Um, yeah. Ver because not everybody wants to take an Akashic Records certification course, you mm -hmm. know, to really learn about it. Um, yeah. But they still want to really learn how to read for themselves. So really yeah. just beginning to develop um, programs and things for people just to use for their own self-discovery. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, um, I definitely do have a book in the works. And it's just really about making a lot of these really abstract concepts a lot more simple for people mm -hmm. to digest and to be able to use. But I'm just I'm still, as far as what that really is going to look like in the bigger picture, um, it's still pr pretty open. It's, 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 it's in an evolution process right now that hasn't quite settled. The dust hasn't quite settled on it yet. It sounds really exciting, especially about the book. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, yeah. is that one of the lifelong things that you wanted to do? Honestly, no. It's, it's, it's really, yes and no. It's one of those things I never saw myself writing a book. Um, hasn't always been a strength, but, um, it's something I've definitely wanted to do and have felt like I've been needing to do for the past two years now, especially just being able to get a lot of my message and just my personal story, mm -hmm. um, more so the adversity part of it out there to more people, um, definitely. And with, um, with the evolution of um, how publishing has changed, um, that's become something that's more accessible for me to yeah. do now. So um, it's definitely exciting. And um, it's very, it's definitely very scary as well. It's something that's super out of my comfort zone, but um, I've learned that, uh, that that is where, that's where at least for me personally, that growth is the most profound for me is when I do um, full force dive into those things that are super, super mm -hmm. scary. <laughs> The other thing I was going to ask you is, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously coming from not the, obviously, for someone like me coming from an Indian background and for yourself coming from an Afro-American background, stepping mm -hmm. forward with your spirituality, how have people taken to that? It's been... It's been interesting. Um, it was very difficult for my family mm -hmm. because um, my family, you're either a teacher, a college professor, or you're a minister. Like yeah. my grandmother, my grandmother is a minister. Her brother is a minister. Um, her youngest sister is a minister. My mother's brother. So, um, and then one of my first cousins. So, yeah. um, so religion especially Christianity was very much entrenched in my family so and because when I was younger I was very much headed on to that path it was very much a shock <laughs> for them especially when especially when I had stopped when I decided I was just going to stop going to church and I yeah. just found for me personally Christianity just wasn't um the path for me as far as um as far as just going to church and I, I like, I still have a relationship with Jesus. Like he's very much a part of my spirituality, but just the religious part of it didn't resonate. So when I went from 
you know, wanting to win my school for Jesus Christ and carrying yeah. this like two inch Bible to school to, oh, I don't want to go to church anymore. And I'm just going to not be a leader at my church anymore. And I'm going to start meditating and, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think, what was it? It started when I got a copy of the Bhagavad Gita and, mm-hmm. um, and my family, they were, my mother, not so much, but my grandmother and my immediate family, they were just kind of like, what's going on? Like, and, it's like, so uh, horror. Yeah, it's just that. But um, the only person that really had an extreme reaction was my grandfather. And unfortunately, we're still no longer in speaking terms just because it it did kind of progress into something that almost turned violent with him, just with his really um, strong views. But um, and that was really difficult for me. Um, But for the most part, now that it's well over like 12 years now um yeah it's well over 12 years now they they now have gotten past the oh this must be a phase thing and so they've they're a lot more accepting of it my grandmother actually we have conversations about spirituality all the time and um and so she's more understanding of it and um receptive to it now my mother she's always been really open and receptive so she's never had an issue but as far as friends go um it was just like my friends from church that, you know, stopped wanting to hang out with me or they would only invite me to hang out if they were trying to like lure me back to a church event to get me to reconvert or something like that. But um, that, that was what it was. It's, it's, it's whatever, you know, that's, that's their path. But but as far as my, the, the secular friends that I had, it was very like well-received. I've always been eclectic and I think part of it too was when I when I was very much um, into Christianity, I was very um, liberal anyway, so and very open. So it was just oh, like that that made to if anything, my friends were saying that made more sense for me. So yeah, so like you 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 finally have found where you really belong, so to speak. Exactly, now. exactly. Um, and it's an ever learning journey as well, which I think a lot of people, which I'm sure you'll agree, which a lot of people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. But I was going to ask you something. You've also started like a membership up, haven't you? What I is did. Your mem- yes. What is your membership all about? Because it's I know you're teaching lots of different things, but if people wanted to join your membership, what kind of like the Soul Warrior Circle membership? Mm-hmm. What kind of um, things would they learn? Yeah, so, and it's so very much in its um, infancy, but basically my intention for the Soul Warrior Circle, which is um, housed on Patreon, for those who are familiar with the Patreon platform, mm-hmm. um, it's just all about really having practical, I want it to be, my vision for it is to be a practical spiritual toolbox of just where I share some spiritual tools and and things that I've learned throughout my journey so that you can, so that people, so that I can't talk, so that people can have very um, easy to implement um, strategies and practices to use in their spiritual journey. Um, So far I have a, um, I'm working on a um, light language activation library of um, tracks where I'm speaking light language for people with different intentions. I think right now the one that I have is for um, like chakra balancing. 
I just did a um, master your manifesting power masterclass that actually teaches a really practical way of um, learning how to find your unique manifesting process that a lot of um, other teachers don't really teach. Um, mm -hmm. I'll be going into um, sharing different um, practices. Right now I have a monthly um, group reading that I do where mm -hmm. I'm just using my intuitive gifts just to kind of forecast the month. And um, we're kind of doing a shift where we're going to be, um, where all the resources that are created are going to be based off of that group reading that um, for the beginning of the month. And that's always the first Wednesday of the month. And, <clears throat> and so it's, it's a living, it's a growing organism. So it's um, every month we'll be adding new things there, but ultimately it's just going to be a big spiritual toolbox for people and there's um, different tiers to fit every budget. So the um, basic budget um, is $5 a month, which gets you the trainings, the master classes, um, and all the members only um, group readings and things like that. But there's um, some higher level um, tiers for people who want added support where you can get um, discounts off of one-on-one -on -one services. And then there's also a membership, um, a membership tier where you can get a free 30 minute reading with me every month. So there's something for everyone wanting to be accessible and practical um, and also very versatile as well. So That's that is good. Obviously yeah. it's away from, it's away from like your normal social media, like Facebook. Mm -hmm. What made you um, put the um, group on the Patreon platform? Yes. So so for those who are watching that don't understand the context, I had another group called the um, Progressive Star Seeds and Change Agents, and where I really wanted to talk about, um, I really wanted to talk about the concept of star seed spiritual development, but also having a safe container for um, just like social justice issues as well. And a lot of the reasoning behind the closure of that was just that it was an energy leak to have both groups. I just couldn't. Mm -hmm do both and yeah. um I wanted to just really have a place where it was people who wanted to be there wanted to be there and it's just the way that I would have had to moderate the other group I just yeah. couldn't do it I would have had to have like people on staff to to do it just with the boundaries that I wanted to have in place for it to also not just be a good container for um good discussion but also a space us not a space place, but a safe space for um, black, black, brown, and indigenous people of color as well. And it just wasn't sustainable for me and just, um, but so I just, I focused more on that group just because I wanted to have a space for people to be able to get really solid resources and really good mentorship who otherwise yeah. can't afford to get a three-month coach or to do like an intensive and so through so through the work that I do with my scholarship program and the um soul warrior circle I wanted to really have a way to be um available to everyone because I do feel like spiritual mentorship we're in a paradigm where I don't think we we as spiritual practitioners should take vows of poverty to be able to yeah. do the work that we do and to, to just yeah. give and give and be depleted, but um, to be able to do it in a way that's sustainable for us as well, yeah. but um, to be available for everyone else. Yeah. Um, 
to be able to have access or as many people as possible to have access to. So through my scholarship program that um, I award um, free coaching, um, free intensives and programs like that, as well as my soul warrior circle. It's your way of giving back to those. Exactly. Exactly. You've mentioned manifesting as well. Mm -hmm. How would you do your manifesting compared to others? So one of the things that I notice with law of attraction and manifesting is that um, a lot of a lot of what is taught doesn't necessarily honor a person's unique um, blueprint for manifesting because what a lot of people yeah. don't realize is that um, like we were talking about star seeds earlier is that how people have you know, a place in which their soul originated when it was created, you're also yeah. wired, you're also wired with a specific set of, um, of um, characteristics that that govern how you're, you're uniquely created to manifest your reality when you're in a yeah. body on earth. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people, there's a lot of there's tons of manifestation courses going on and I actually resisted this topic for a really long time because it's like I didn't want to be another like law of attraction manifester yeah. type person because I do feel like um I do feel being completely 100% I just I, I call it like I see it there's a lot of people jumping on the manifestation bandwagon because it's profitable and not because um that's really what they're passionate about and yeah. I didn't want to be one like one another one of those people but in my work with Akashic Records and um in my work with Akashic Records and looking into people's soul blueprints and and expanding my education on that I've learned that there are um, a lot of unique um spectrums in a sense that determine how people are wired to manifest so there's some people who they can take a manifesting course and they the teacher will say, hey, do your vision board and, um, you know, make a board on Pinterest and put all the things that you want on there to symbolize. But if that person isn't wired um, to be an outcome, which is what that leans on, um, mm -hmm. no matter how hard they try, they're not going to get meet the goals that they want. Um, yeah. And a lot, a lot, oftentimes, you know, especially with money manifestation in particular, um, there's there's this term, there's this phrase that's like, um, like, I can't remember it, but there's just a lot of um, shaming on the other person mm -hmm. um, when it comes, especially when it comes to money, um, if they don't meet their money goals, it's like, oh, you just didn't believe hard enough, or oh, you just didn't say your affirmations or um, clear enough of your blocks or journal, which is, which in a lot of cases, absolute like BS, like, it's just not mm -hmm. true at all and it's just that that program and that book and that philosophy is based on the author's manifesting blueprint and it just so mm -hmm. happens that they were able to master that and so yeah. they're teaching what they learned based on their own manifesting blueprint and so i'm just i'm very big on personalization mm -hmm. and um and just really um putting out resources and information that really help people tap into what works for them versus what somebody else says oh this worked for me so this work this should work for you and if it doesn't work yeah. for you you're not trying hard enough it's like yeah. hold on for a second no like just like we all have unique fingerprints right we're all wired yeah. uniquely in that same respect mm -hmm. as well so i i kind of started a precursor to that um recently where i talk about um how you are 
required to stay motivated in your manifesting mm -hmm. process and also how um, to shift your vibrational state because there's two um, leanings that you can have. Um, there's process and outcome and then there's um, consistency and variable as well. So Sounds interesting. It's very, very interesting. I've learned, very, very different from what I've learned. I think some people think, oh, right, they just because they're in the zone, they've written affirmations, mm -hmm. they can manifest things easily. But what I found is that sometimes you need to look at your beliefs and your mm -hmm. thought process. Um, and once you've actually worked on your thought process around a particular area, like, say, for example, money, that's mm -hmm. when things are shifting. Is that what you find? I find there's there's that um, there's the thought processes as well. Um, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different aspects um, to that. There's also there's also the beliefs. There's also learning how you relate to other people. So I found that there's also learning whether you're similar, whether you relate to people through similarity, or whether you relate to people through difference um whether you whether you are whether you interact to life from an external perspective or going within which is doing mm -hmm. the belief work um we mentioned like through process which is the actions and through the the journey of where you're trying to go or outcome which is like the vision boards and um things like that which is the destination so there's there's about seven different aspects to that um, in mm -hmm. the frame of reference that I, that I work with, um, but it's abs absolutely the belief, um, process too. And, um, it's just so unique to the individual. And while, yeah, you can, you can look at other people, like you can look at, um, actual systems, like the mm -hmm. courses and the books and the, and I don't discount those at all. Like, I don't want anybody watching to think that I'm against, like, buying manifest like books on manifesting or taking manifesting courses it's just um i'm not against it at all i've purchased many that have changed my life mm -hmm. um in that regard but um it's just knowing that if you're in a rut and you're feeling like something's not working mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that you're doing something wrong or yeah. that that way is that the only way you need to kind of have an open mind that there just yeah. might be something that's just not in alignment to your workup yeah. and to your energy. Back, it comes back to what is in alignment with you and what works. Exactly. It, it's not exactly. just work for one person. It may not work for another. It's not one fix. Exactly. Every, exactly. It's just that, that one track concept of like, oh, this is the way. Or, oh, like, this worked for me. So if you do it the way that I did it exactly, it's going to work for you, which I is it's complete that that's complete bs so yeah but when you started the other thing i wanted to ask you is when you came back and you started the whole spiritual um business or working with others what made mm -hmm. what kind of people are drawn to you because i know you work mostly with females what what kind mm -hmm. of individuals have coming to you yeah help. um or who do you help empower yeah so 
it's kind of shifted a bit, but it's um it was never consciously like I never consciously set out like I'm going to help this specific person um, mm -hmm. outside of just I want to attract people who are aligned with what I do and are willing to do the work to get to where yeah. they want to go. Um, outside of that, I was very a lot more open. Um, but for the most part, I do I do attract a lot of healers and coaches, particularly aspiring healers and coaches. Um, up until recently, um, as I've been more consistent about putting myself out there, I've been I've been attracting more established coaches, um, coaches, healers, and teachers into my practice. But um, I would say a good chunk are aspiring coaches who. Um, want to be coaches they have most of their stuff set up but they um they don't have like a regular um clientele necessarily mm -hmm. and they're still trying to like get into into that um and still trying to figure out like what their calling is in that realm yeah. um so it's a ratio so in the coaching bubble that i do attract that's mostly what i get um, mm -hmm. And then outside of that, I get um, mostly spiritual seekers, um, nurses, um, nurses, social workers, um, nurse, um, I already said nurses, um, doctors, <laughs> um, like, like, serve, like restaurant servers. Um, so uh, just a lot of general spiritual seekers who just want to learn more about themselves spiritually. Um, and female or do you get males coming to you as well because obviously I I what I found is like there's a lot of females mm -hmm. who are coming more into the whole mm -hmm. they're becoming more awakened on a spiritual level but also at the same time there are a lot of men who are becoming more spiritually awakened mm -hmm. or I would say men have men who have been spiritually aware for a long time but they're actually stepping forward without fear of being judged or criticized for their beliefs right right and it's interesting because while i don't market my work to women um i don't get a lot of men i think out of in the i want to say like the three years that i've been doing this work i've only ever had four male clients um any sorry i've only ever had four male clients so really? yeah so I don't know why. I'm not opposed to working with men. I just don't tend to attract men to my practice. So, um, yeah. That's fine. Like, yeah, I've never, I've never really thought about it, though. So I was just, I'm just interested because I've come across some coaches who will purely just work with women. There are some... Mm -hmm. Who will work with both sexes right right um you know but they're not some are a lot more open than others so i just was wondering because sometimes it, it could be that do you find that some females are a lot more um they're more like uh they have more of a masculine energy than a feminine energy and some women have more feminine energy than the masculine energy. Absolutely. And that's probably the same with men as well. Mm -hmm. So again, it comes to being open. I'm trying to bring that balance in, don't you think? 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, because that's um because that's actually something that one of my um male clients who actually is um a really good friend of mine. He's actually the um he's actually the husband of one of my best friends, but um has worked with me before. I know that's like one of the biggest struggles that he has because he's very sensitive. Like he's um he's like the textbook definition of an empath, but mm-hmm. he's wanting to get into spiritual circles and spiritual um community but finds it's predominantly female so mm-hmm. it's just difficult for him to navigate um as well and i'm not someone who specifically markets to um to women specifically but i just tend to attract a lot um yeah. but i do experience both um masculine and feminine energy even in all my female clients where it's just more yeah. dominant with either or but mm-hmm. But I've never thought about that. Like now, I'm like really thinking about it. It's like, hmm. sorry, I, it's just it's a like, question. <laughs> I, I, oh I no, no, no. To ask you, you know, you said you have like you've had mentors who are Native American mm-hmm. Indians. Mm-hmm. Did you ever go through the sweat lodge um, ceremonies or the sweat lodge experience? How did you find that? How did you get into it? That's so funny you say that because I've never been through the sweat lodge experience, but one of my really good friends um, who'll probably be watching this later, she hosted um, a sweat lodge with, um, because one of the things that, because my mentor, she left the community and she relocated to Colorado, but she passed the torch off to um, a few designated um, people in our area. And one of the things that we do is we'll um, fly out teachers from different places. And we just recently had an event with um, a um, Mashika. Um, I don't, I don't think he's a, he's a shaman. I'm probably not correct about this, um, but from Mexico um, and he led a sweat lodge, but unfortunately it was around the weekend of my mother's birthday and I just missed it. But when he comes back, I'm going to, so I haven't actually, um, done the sweat lodge personally, but a lot of, um, friends of mine have, um, but I've, I've taken place in a lot of different, um, practices as well. Like before, mm-hmm. um, before Darlene, my mentor left, she did, she taught me how to call in the direct, the four directions in mm-hmm. the tradition um because she's um Cherokee um she's actually part Dutch Cherokee and Chickasaw and so and so she um taught her tradition of how to do the four corners um to a few people before she had moved so I was fortunate to be um passed on that wonderful gift and um there was also a water ceremony that we would do once a month during the new moon called the Nibiwabo and um, it's a beautiful ceremony, beautiful water ceremony, um, that has, um, chants and specific prayers to heal the water, um, because of the pollution and things, yeah. um, like that. It's actually not allowed to be, um, videotaped. It can't be shared on the internet. It's only through, um, word of mouth. And so there are those two traditions that I've had, um, that have been passed to me personally and that I just hold so much reverence for. And they're so special to me because I've just, that was just the start of my journey and that's wonderful. Um, so wonderful. And, um, but no, I haven't had a chance to do sweat lodge yet, but I will very soon by the end of the year. So I'm excited for that. You so come back and tell us about my experience. I will have to, I will have to. 
now we're going to be coming up to a close so if people wanted to get in touch with you how could they get in touch with you Simran? yep so you can um click on the um my profile and you can follow me there um also you can um type in my main facebook page which is um get real with your soul where i'd see most of my um live streams there um i have a website that's get real with your soul.com where you can um, get on my email list so you don't miss any of my um any new content that i put out i have like different videos and you can check out my services my um my scholarship program um, and then um, Patreon, which is the home of the Soul Warrior Circle, which is on patreon.com forward slash get real with your soul. Um, I'm on Instagram, which is all my handles are get real with your soul. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, and my and my website. I don't use Twitter or Snapchat. So <laughs> it's too much for me. Um, I, can't be I can't be confined to 140 characters. So um that's absolutely fine and not only that i suppose it comes back as you said to managing your energy as well exactly exactly so that's all the places you can find me so right well thank you very much Simon. it's been a pleasure absolutely with you. thank and you so much for having me so next time hopefully we can get you back and talk about star seeds a bit more and go a bit more in depth absolutely i would love to great okay then thank you and I'll Thank you. you. All right. Bye. Bye.